This is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit's work and my pride and my humility because the intros and the words each week really just blow up my head. Um, but hey, good morning. Welcome to Takeover Church. Um, I love that meme that's going around right now about how, and just like that, we are all telepassers because um, this, this is so difficult to do. Like, I just feel obnoxious. I, I feel obnoxious. I am a person who vibes off the crowd, and uh, that's why my mother-in-law, who's a great part of church, is like, Matt, if you go two more hours preaching, I'm going to shank you when you come over for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, Annette, I love you, but I'm just excited, you know? Um, so I hope this has been good. We're looking so forward, so much forward. I don't know where I'm going with that. We're looking forward to having live church again, and no, I know Adrian and Scott both said it, but understand that um, don't let our age or our youthful aesthetics fool you. We uh, we don't make any decisions without uh, consultation with the Holy yeah, Spirit, right. without checking with other churches and other pastors and other leaders, specifically in Michigan, to see how yeah. they're doing things. We will move forward in faith. We will never retreat in fear, but we will always advance using wisdom. So you can know that Takeover Church... We have you and your family and your kids. We have your back. We have your future in mind. We have your wellness in mind. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure community can happen as well as keeping you safe and secure to the best of our God-given abilities. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. Come on, somebody. Hey. Whoa. Um, I hope and I pray it's our, it's our heart and our prayer this morning that everything that we do in Takeover Church will permeate through that camera right there into your living rooms. But I don't know about you. But what just took place in this space, in this room, even if it's a minute before we're back in here together, what the Holy Spirit is doing, what he is lacing this room with, what he's preparing this room with, it just went down in here. And I was having a Holy Spirit hoedown in the back and you couldn't see me, but I was cutting some mad rug because that was absolutely an incredible time yeah. to worship there. Can you just make some noise for our worship team right where you are? Just thank them for the Gosh, those new drums look so good on you, bro. Oh my gosh, Kevin and your family, thank you again so much. Y'all are amazing. Um, but yeah, so this morning, we are, I never know how to figure this out, but we are starting a new non-series series. Series? I don't know. We're, we're, we're just starting something that we have called One of Ones. Why? Because I am a part of sneaker culture, and I really like limited edition stuff. I don't own any of it, but I like it, and I click like on, on Instagram, and I save it, and I send it to Scott, and then we sit a little bit dreaming about spending $500 on some shoes. Like, yeah, so I love limited editions. I love limited series runs. I love all of these things. You can look at my comic book collection. I love limited, okay? So what we're doing is we really felt like the Lord came, he saw, he conquered, he dominated, and nothing was the same, an incredible series, I believe, yeah. and we thought that he really buttoned it up really well last week, and we just kind of felt like, hey, let's let's see what God will do with some 
messages that may not be equally connected but are still equally as important, okay? These are cannot misses. These are limited editions. These are one of ones. They are for you here now. These are the jumpstart, the kickstart, and the espresso that you and I need in this time. Sound good? Amen. So title of the message series, I'm not serious, whatever. It's called One of Ones, and this morning I want to preach to you a message that's on my heart that is called, The Harvest is Still Ahead. The harvest is still ahead. I know it's not fancy. I know there's no rap references. I know it seems a little different coming from me. It may seem a little bit old school, but I believe it's going to bless you. I believe we're going to see some old school revival in our lives when we get this revelation this morning. So just write that down right where you are. I hope you got your Bible and your notepad ready. But write that down. One of ones, the harvest is still ahead. And we're coming out of the book of Galatians this morning. Come on, Galatians 6, 7 through 9. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Just kidding. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. I'm coming out of the ESV this morning. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Verse 9. And just and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let's pour down the left rib. We're going to see the Lord will do with it, but we're going to pray and we're going to get into it. Father God, we just thank you so much for today. Oh, God, it feels so good to be in church. It really yeah. does. I think sometimes we just need to take a step back um, and say it. God, there's, uh, there's cool lights, there's a sky Bible, we have amazing, talented uh, musicians and people behind the scenes and in front of the camera and all of these things that are incredible, God, but this is not a production, this is not some newsroom studio, God, this is still the church, Father God, and as we prayed before service began with our very limited team here, God, we spoke about, we prayed about how the church has always stood during the pandemics. As many of we have had in our world, as many plagues have happened, as many large-scale sicknesses have happened, the church, she has endured. The bride of Christ has withstood it all because the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, God. And so I just came to declare today, Father, that it's so good. It's just good to be in the house of God. I know many are fortunate to do so. We don't take it for, for granted, God. We thank you. That we get to be found in the house of God and that as a church, we can be your body, your bride, and we can have all these many different locations going on right now called living rooms and bedrooms and different area codes and zip codes, God. And you are meeting with your people. You are uniting your people. You are refurbishing and redeeming and restoring your people, God. We thank you so much for this time. Holy Spirit, come. Permeate this room. Permeate our living rooms, permeate our bedrooms, permeate our dining rooms, God, wherever we are this morning. We want to see you move, Holy Spirit. We trust you, Holy Spirit. God, we give you the platform this morning. Use us. In Jesus, my name, a faithful church said. The harvest is still... Ahead. I don't know about you. 
I'm not feeling 22. I feel like I'm ready for this thing to end, okay? I'm 42, just so you know. But I want this thing to end. I'm so over COVID-19. I'm so over pandemic mania. I'm so over Rona. I'm so over media and legislature and all the other bullcrap. Y'all were thinking that I just said it. But I'm over it. I'm over it. But I know that for me, my level of over it doesn't really compare to what a whole lot of other people are feeling right now. What a whole lot of other people are going through right now. Whether you think staying home is a good idea and staying safe is a good idea, and you're all about it and you're just down to lay down everything for the season, I understand and I empathize with you. Maybe you're someone who's fear-stricken and you're just stuck inside your head and you're scared of what is happening in our world right now. I empathize with you. Maybe for you, you're someone who has worked forever to attain what you have. You've followed God into the great unknown. You have taken new ground. You've broken fresh ground. You've built something. And right now, you're not able to do that. Maybe you're not able to go to your office. Maybe you're not able to lead your business. Maybe you have a restaurant that you work at or you're a part of, and, and, and things are just seemingly dwindling and, and, and just falling down in front of you. I empathize with you. For me, this simply is a season of where I don't get to have community happen on Sundays. That's what I'm missing. For a lot of you, you're going without a whole lot more. And I will never claim to understand the situation that you find yourselves in. I don't know everybody's story. I don't know everybody's reality right now. But what I do know is what I came to declare to this church today, to take over church 2020, come on, May 17th, what I came to your house today. I am in your house today to declare to you and to yours and the people around you that the harvest it's still ahead. It's not been stunted. It's not been frozen. It's not been stopped dead in its tracks. No, 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 friends. Your harvest, it is still very much ahead. Your reality is still going to change. Greater days are still on the horizon. This too shall pass. And when it does, you will still reap a harvest. If there's anybody that believes in this room, can you encourage them at home right now and let them know the harvest is still ahead? really hot here. The harvest is still ahead. You know, I was told recently that all I do, <laughs> all I do is I preach and I focus on the good news of the Gospels while I don't empathize and I don't listen to and I don't sit with the realities of people's lives that hurt me to my core because this individual and I haven't really had much time to ever hang out and get to know each other. They just know what I say on Sundays. But I kind of feel like for Takeover Church, we are a humble, open, and transparent church. Yeah. And we talk about the realities of life all the time. And there's not been a subject matter or something that took place in someone's life that we've ever skirted the issue on or ran away from. Right. But let me make this incredibly clear. You and I, we do not have a far-off God. You and I, we do not have a God who's so far off or so away from you that he cannot empathize with your situation. Because he can, and because of the blood of Jesus shed for you on the cross, you can approach the throne of God boldly 
And you can tell him everything. Where you are, what your experience is, what is going on for this church. We just had the revelation for us in this house that if we will just begin to focus, focus on the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will see the realities of our life conform to it. When we begin to focus on the good news of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, you will begin to see the realities of your life conform to the good news. What you won't ever see is the good news of Jesus Christ conforms to the realities of your life. This is simple. So no, we're not going to give the devil any more time. No, we're not going to let death have the last word. No, we're not going to let these things stand. We're going to speak hope where there's no hope. We're going to bring light to where there's darkness. And we're going to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ because the good news can't conform our life. I want to see our lives transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ and not conform to the bad news and the realities of this world. If you're with me, holler where you're at. Somebody help me preach this this morning because I didn't come to church today with an easy message. I didn't come to church today with a softball message. I don't have five ways to have a successful business. I got one. Do it the way God told you to do it. Act integrous about it. That's it. But I don't have one of those messages. That's not this kind of church. Man, we are here today to proclaim in a broken world, full of broken society, with a broken system, with broken people, that there is a very, very real Savior. His name is Jesus. He went to the cross for you. You don't have to remain broken. In fact, you can be unbroken in a broken time. Come on, somebody. This is who our God is. So often in this life, yeah, we just want we just want something, we're not here something nice. Just tell me something nice. Just tell me something nice. Tell me how good my hair looks. Tell me I'm a boss. You never tell me I'm a boss. Just tell me I'm a boss. Guess me up, girl. I don't even know what this boy says. I don't know what I'm doing with my hips. I don't even know what's happening. Sound like a mean girl. Sound like a mean girl. Uh, valley, don't care. Uh, can't sit from here. Go away. Uh, none of that made sense. I don't know. Um, I'm a big fan of Rachel McAdams, though. I really am. Lindsay Lohan, not so much. Um, I know. Ginger's got us together, but Rachel McAdams was in Doctor Strange, so. She was. I know. My nerd is showing. So often in this life, we just want to hear nice things. We just want a little bit of a, a Pinterest pick-me-up. We want something that's just going to get us through the day. Sometimes in this season right now, we are so overwhelmed with how life is and what life looks like that we're not interested in permanent residency in the good news. We need a moment pick me up. We just need something to perk me up in the moment. We're looking for an special shot of something nice. But church, I can't proclaim to you today that when your life looks like death is imminent, when it looks like death is imminent in your marriage, when it looks like death is imminent in your business, when it looks like death is imminent because you've been furloughed, or your God dream looks like it's on hold, or your relationship isn't going great, whenever death appears to be imminent, the last thing you need is life support. The first thing you need is revelation. Come on, somebody. Right now, we, we want so desperately to have just for something nice, just to hear something to tickle our ears. But a tickling of the ear is going to last for just a moment. 
Hey, you're great. Oh, awesome. Five minutes later, still not working. I feel like crap, but I think I'm useless. Does that resonate with anybody? Because I know that's where a lot of our people are at right now. But let me tell you, good news. Good news lasts forever. Good news has existed before your life, and good news will exist after your life. In fact, good news exists so that you can have a brand new life. Okay? Nice things will fade. Nice comments will wither. Something to pick you up on a Tuesday when you're feeling low will pass by. But you can make good news your permanent residency. You don't have to exist from a place of life support here and life support there. Instead, you can exist for revelation. And what revelation will bring you, what revelation will tell you, is that with Jesus Christ at the helm of your life, the harvest is still ahead. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? So here we go. We got Paul. I love Paul, man. Paul is my guy. Paul is probably me. Sometimes I act like Peter, but I'm mostly Paul, okay? Which I know I've had to learn communication skills. Like, hey, you can preach on the platform, but uh, you could have said that better off it. Yeah, yep, learning, learning, learning. All for it, all for it. Growth is good. And I noticed that Paul's life, which is why I'm okay with people compared to him. Almost <laughs> We're speaking of which, when Paul first met Jesus, something very similar almost happened to him. You see, here's Paul, and if you don't know Paul, Paul used to be commissioned to go and actually kill Christians. Everyone's laughing, because I almost just died. I almost just biffed it, and life would have been awesome, and that would have existed for infamy in YouTube and social media. And everyone would have been like, this is my pastor. Then he posts a clip of Elevation, that's their pastor. And that's Mike Todd over there. They have great passers. Mine falls off his platform, which is six inches tall. What a guy. Love it. But here's Paul, and he's writing the book of Galatians. And, and Paul, if you don't know, he used to be commissioned to go and kill Christians. Paul's got a wild past. He was sent by Jewish leadership to actually go and persecute, kill, drag through the streets, do heinous, unspeakable things to people who proclaim to be followers of the way. If you had a Jesus fish anywhere by you, you was going to get got by Paul. He was commissioned. He was sent out. Like God has a great commission for you and I to fulfill. Paul, by the Jewish leadership, was commissioned to go and kill and persecute and jail and do heinous, unspeakable things to you and I, our people of the church. There's a time that will come where we will actually be in heaven one day with the entire church that ever was, that ever will be, that has ever been. And we will hear stories, and we will sit with Paul, and we will hear stories from those he had persecuted and him himself. And we will hear these things, and we will hear about how the goodness of God shined through it all. I look forward to that day. What a story that will be. But here's Paul, and he comes, and he meets Jesus. He's on top of a, of a horse, and he gets knocked off, and all of a sudden, he has this moment where he hears the voice of God, but he can't see nobody. And all of a sudden, he goes. It's like, wow. Um, my bad. I've made some terrible life decisions. I've made some really bad choices. Clearly, you were Jesus. Clearly, the cross wasn't wrong. Clearly, the miracles you did weren't just magic and you weren't some heretic. You're God. My bad. I've made some bad choices. And then Paul, in that moment, he decides... Instead of going the way I was going, I'm going to go the way you're going. Yeah. Paul, in that moment, 
we get to see repentance at its finest, repentance at its most detrimental, where you don't just see. Obviously, we know that sin is sin, either which way you flip it, so all have fallen short of the glory of God. But you don't just see somebody who may have stole a piece of bubble gum when they were five from a byright, okay? What you see is a man who actually killed the church time and time again. He went after Jesus' bride himself. Did you see him in a moment where he encounters Jesus and instead of going his way, he begins to go God's way. This is a moment of repentance. And so in order to go further in this message, we have to understand this. That this is what repentance looks like when people are saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When we give an altar call at the end of the message, we say, God, I'm not equipped to do my life and lead it. You are. I give it to you. That's when we repent and that's when we set things aside and we go, no longer am I going to go my way. Instead, I'm going to go your way. And I wonder, I wonder today what areas in our lives that we need to be continually repenting of. Continually when we get off track and we start going our way again, do we need to go to God and say, that was stupid. Yeah, my bad. I'm going your way again. I got to do this all the time. When it comes to my marriage with Adrienne, am I going Matt's way in my marriage? Or am I going God's way in my marriage? If you're single today, are you going God's way in your singleness? Or are you going your way in your singleness? When it comes to your sex life or lack thereof, are you going your way? Or are you going God's way. When it comes to your business, when it comes to quarantine, when it comes to the pandemic that we're facing right now, are you going your way? Or are you going God's way? Because friends, if you're ever going to see a harvest come about in your life, repentance has to take place. If you're going to see fruit in your marriage, repentance has to take place. If you're going to see fruit in your single season, you're not just going to struggle through it, try to get past it. I'm over it. God, just bring me a help. I'll take anybody. What's well, your way? God's way is actually fruit of the Spirit is long suffering, it's kindness, it's grace, even towards God, it's trust, and it's faithfulness. Knowing that God knows what's best for you. If we're ever going to see a harvest come about in our life, repentance first has to take place. That revelation I've been talking about, repentance leads to revelation. We're sitting here in this day and age, and this time we couldn't fathom, we had no idea what was coming. And here's this short little chubby redhead on YouTube telling me that there's a harvest still ahead. He doesn't know my life. He doesn't know my marriage. He doesn't know my single season. He doesn't know what I've been. He doesn't know where I've gone. He doesn't know what's happened in my life. You're right, I don't. But God does. And he says, repentance is the beginning of everything. Yes. What life of life to the full? you got to leave your life behind. That's right. That's you want to see the kingdom of God at hand, you got to repent. Because it's at hand, not because it's coming to run you over, but it's coming so you can get on board. Right. Yeah. Are we going my way? Or am I going God's way? You see, 
The reason this is relevant is because in this piece of scripture, context is clarity, context is king. Paul, he's writing to a place called Galatia. Book of Galatians. Do you know where that takes place? In Asia. He's preaching and writing and leading a church in Asia. You know what Asia looks like now? The church is underground, persecuted on a weekly basis, much like back then, and they're not allowed to worship freely like you and I are here on YouTube. So maybe instead of getting angry all the time that we can't be found in our house of worship, maybe let's rejoice and be grateful that we don't have to meet in tunnels to worship our king or fight for Bibles and smuggle them in. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I want to be here as much as you do. But how many of you know we're grateful that we don't have to meet in tunnels and we applaud them and we praise them and we pray for them and we cheer them on and I can't wait to hear the stories in heaven of what took place in the Chinese church. But here's Paul and he's writing to this church in Asia. It literally starts out. First part of the book. Paul goes, What happened? <laughs> if I ever received a letter that said, What happened first? I would be so worried. I, you know, I would get a little, you know, a little, this, this little number. Like, what did I do? What happened? What you talk about, Paul? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you're about to say, but I know I need to repent and apologize and just ask forgiveness. I'm sorry. I think you get up, you get up on your keys. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that. But the first message, Paul says, what happened? He was like, you had it. You had it. You got the gospel. Your church was doing awesome. You guys were taking over. Me and my God taking over. But you was doing it. You acquired the fire. Six people know what that is. You acquired the fire. You had it. It was lit. It was so good. You had the spirit of God. You had the gospel of Jesus Christ. Y'all were doing it over here. And you were the good kids. I didn't have to worry about you. Right. So what happened? Because now... I get word that, well, you're being misled, that you're entertaining, quote-unquote, other Gospels. You had the truth of Jesus Christ. You were living the truth of Jesus Christ. You were experiencing the truth of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, you're allowing this, that, and the other thing to mislead you. What happened? This is the government that misled you? Was it the media that misled you? Was it your feelings that misled you? Did you wake up today and just didn't feel like it? Did someone hurt you? What misled you? Because you, you had it. I think that's a word for so many of us. What happened? What happened? Paul's not asking necessarily so Paul can find out. Paul's asking, so you'll start asking the question on the inside, what happened? Where did my passion go? Where did my resilience go? Where did my fire go? What happened? And the reason that's paramount and important to the story and to this message this morning is because for every single one of us, there's a harvest that is still ahead. I came to declare today that the harvest is still ahead, but I came to ask this morning, is it the harvest that you want? I came to declare that the harvest is still ahead, but I came to ask you, is it the harvest that you want? What you mean, Matt? Well, we fast forward in the book of Galatians to what we just read. Paul starts off. Don't be misled. 
Asia, Takeover Church, Matt McClure, Scott Fletcher, Shani. Who thinks I'm Shani? Nobody thinks I'm Shani. Nobody, Nobody puts Shani in the corner. <laughs> Don't be misled. And then Paul says, probably the hardest bar in all of Paul's writing. Jesus had far worse ones because he's God, you know? So, like, what he says was just like, <clears throat> you know? It's like a, <clears throat> it's like a 612 elbow that's illegal. You can't do that in MMA. He gets qualified. That's Jesus. But Paul hit a really hard bar. <laughs> and what he says right here, don't be misled. God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. That's the hardest bar Paul has ever said. God will not be mocked. And when I hear him say that, when I hear Paul say that, when I see that in the Bible, God will not be mocked, I take a look at my life and I wonder, you know, you went to the cross with Jesus, you gave us his Holy Spirit, you robbed death. You beat sin. You took back the keys to eternity. You did all of these things that I could not pay you for. I could not ever accumulate enough good behavior, enough good days, enough stars on my on my Monday through Friday school chart to ever declare that I deserve the forgiveness and the new reality of which I've been birthed into here. And I wonder... Am I mocking God with how I'm living my life right now? Don't be misled. God will not be mocked. God, am I, am I mocking you with how I'm loving Adrian in my marriage? Is this what he wants to cross for? Could I be better? God, am I mocking you with how I'm leading this church? Is this what you went to the cross for? Am I a part of a production in a system, or am I a part of a living, breathing church that is relying solely on God? Yeah. Am I mocking you in my relationships? God will not be mocked, Paul said. This is a moment where you need to take inventory of your life, all of us. Are we mocking God with our behaviors, with the seeds that we've sown, with our fallen nature, after we already knew better? Oh man, I know it's what God said in my life, but I just keep going back here by mocking God in my relationship. Oh, I know what he says is best for my life, but I just keep ending up at her house by mocking God. Man, I know, I know, I know pornography is not what God says is best for my life, but I just keep running back to Pornhub. I'm mocking God right now. Friends, I know this is a tough pill to swallow. I know it's a stiff drink of the Word of God. I know it's a lot to take in, to take in right now at 10.30 in the morning. But I want to encourage you. This is not to intimidate you. This is not to shame you. This is not to condemn you. This is not to bring any sort of ill will or feeling towards you. This is a check yourself so you don't wreck yourself kind of moment. Because the next thing that Paul says is God will not be mocked. For as a man sows, so shall he reap. 
It's not that God's going to smite you because you mocked him. No, no, no. He, he already put this into the he already put this into the universe. This is celestial law. This is how things spin. This is part of how the world works now. You reap what you sow. Our God, He's so good. He's so great that He sent Jesus Christ to the cross for us. So not only in this life do we have an opportunity now to where we're going to have the reality of which we've sown into, but we can also exist in the reality of what He's sown into. We don't just have to reap what we've sown, we can reap what he sown. We don't just have to exist from what we've sown, we can reap what he sown. This is good news today, church. But friends, let me tell you, your reality, your harvest that's still ahead. If you do not check yourself, you will wreck yourself because there are things in this life that so many of us, myself included, I just keep sowing even though I know better. I keep putting fallen seeds into healthy ground, and the harvest that I will reap is not going to be the harvest that my heart desires, that I pray for, that I believe for. It's going to be fallen. It's going to be discount. It's going to be discouraging and destructive. It's not going to be what I wanted. Because I kept choosing to go my way instead of going his way. For as a man reaps, so shall. So as a man sows, so shall he reap. And I wonder this morning. The fact that the harvest is still ahead for you. Is it the harvest that you want to receive? Is it the harvest that you want to see? Is it the harvest that's going to leave life and life to the full for those who come after you? What kind of harvest do you want to receive? Oh man, I was hoping for a I was hoping for a harvest in my marriage. I'm hoping to see my wife turn around for her to love me again. Yeah? What kind of seeds you sowing? Are you complimenting her? Are you affirming her? Well, no, she sucks. Like I said, I wanted to turn around. I need to get better. Okay. Well, how's the sex life? I'm assuming non-existent. Yeah, no, it's not really happening right now. Like I said earlier, I got worn out. Doing fine. What kind of seeds are you sowing? The harvest that you will have will directly reflect the seeds you sow now. Man, I just sick of a single season, sick of it. We're in quarantine. I can't even date right now. But I'm on Bumble, and I'm talking to like five guys right now, and some of them. Some of them are cooler than other ones, but I'm just keeping around because it's fun and it's entertaining for me. And we'll, we'll see what shakes out then. I don't know. I don't know. Bubble's great. Bubble's great because I get to choose you and I get to lead you on, and you can't do nothing about it. Like, I gotta swipe on you, you're just for the bigger. There's five of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. You're sick of your single season. You got five guys on a beehive, and you're trying to figure out which one you wanna go with at the end of quarantine. You say that some are cooler than others. I'm trying to track and follow with you, Cynthia, but I just don't. It's always a Cynthia who talks like this. It always is. It always is. Oh and God. Cynthia, I see that, but okay, so first of all, are you trusting God with your single season? Right. Instead of hedge hunting and head hunting on Bumble? Right. That's a seed. Uh, two, okay, now you're leading on five guys 
some that you aren't even really interested in, but they're there to talk to. So it's the digital version of having a warm body in your bed. So, uh, yeah, I just went there. So uh, that's a seed, okay? I'm trying to track Cynthia, okay? And then you're expecting a harvest to shake out from this one day where you will find yourself at the altar and you're gonna be like, Pastor Matt, do my wedding. I know you don't do weddings anymore, but do my wedding, do it. Okay, cool, hey, how'd you guys meet? We met on Bumble, okay? All right, yeah, he was the best of five. Wait, I was the best of five? You were the best of five. Well, how long were the four other ones? Uh, corona, pandemic, finally everybody to school? I don't know. If you're not tracking with me, that's because so often the dumb seeds, the fallen seeds, the old nature seeds that you and I continue to sow, we don't think they are wrong. We don't think that they are fallen. We don't think that they're not God's best. We don't think that they're our worst. They're just something that we do. What's wrong with leading out five guys on Bumble? What's wrong? Is that those are five hearts that God still wants to move in. Those are five hearts that God wants to have a good reputation with. And if there's a Christian person on the other side of it leading them on, well, friends, so much of what we sow now, others will reap the consequences of. Man, I want to have a good marriage, but I'm stuck on porn. I'm stuck, my wife's upstairs, my kids, and she's put them to sleep, and she's being a super mom, and I'm down here on Pornhub doing my thing. What harvest do you think that's going to produce? Friends, I know this is a tough message. I know that it's a lot. But man, so many of us, we're looking forward to getting out of quarantine and seeing this harvest, seeing this thing that God's just going to do, just seeing the miraculous. And friends, I wonder. He's so good. He's so great that he's given you the option. You can sow Jesus or you can sow you. You can sow holy, or you can sow right now. You can sow holy, or you can sow feelings. You can sow holy, or you can sow hurt. You can sow holy, or you can sow impatience, ingratitude, all of it. But God says, and he declared, I declare because I created. This is what's best for you. This is not a suggestion. This is not a recommendation on Amazon. I noticed you bought this product. You bought this behavior. I recommend you act like this. It's not. He decreed it because he created you. And if you want to see God's best come about in your life, we got to start sowing God's best right now. I appreciate anybody. Yeah. Come on. I know we got the clock. I don't get there. Paul, he's, he's continuing on. He says, so man reaps. For so man sows, so shall he reap. I just wonder, what, what have we been sowing? Is what we're sowing going to produce the harvest, the promise that we're believing for tomorrow? Friends, can I encourage you today that just like repentance, there are going to be some areas in our lives, there's going to be some fields that we need to revisit. There's some things in our lives that once we've met Jesus, we're free, we're born again, we're up here, we're doing our thing. And there are some fields in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our business, in our reputation, in our standards, in all these areas of our lives that we are going to need to revisit. Because we have sown some fallen seeds, and we have got to till that land up. There's something in, in farming community, in agriculture, that's called deep tilling. Deep tilling is when you are a farmer, 
You just had the harvest, you cleared it out, and you were preparing the field to be ripe, to be good, to be healthy soil for the next season ahead of you. And so what you'll do is, you get this deep till, and it's so heavy, and it's so deep, and it cuts so far down that it goes down to the soil pan, and it breaks through the most long-setting, settled, been in place, untouched, unmoved for such a long period of time. It's had the least amount of water. It's had the least amount of interaction. And it goes down to its very bad pan. And it breaks it up and it cultivates it. And it makes so that new soil can be fresh for new seeds to be laid. So that a fresh harvest can come. Friends, I understand. I understand because Paul, as he finishes up this scripture, he says... The one who sows in his flesh will reap of the flesh. The one who sows in the spirit will reap of the spirit eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In due season, we will reap if we don't give up. I know you're hearing this, you're like, you're looking at your rap sheet right now, going, dude, you're telling me I need to go back and do these things. Do you know how much I've offended my wife? Do you know how much pornography I've watched? Do you do you understand? Like, I have, I, have, I have meddled with the book so much in my business that if I was to go and tell anybody this, dude, I'm going down. But do you understand that? You are asking the world of me right now. You have no idea how incredibly hard it's going to be to now be integrous in this area of my life. You have no idea how hard it's going to be to be single until God brings somebody to my church that just, just ends up being what God says is best for my life. You don't understand how hard that's going to be. You're right. I don't. I know that deep tilling from my own experience is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. The hardest thing I've ever had to do is, is, isn't getting backstabbed. It's not going through sucky relationships and hard times. It's not going through uh, a smear campaign or somebody saying dumb things about you. It's not going through the difficulties of building a church. The hardest thing I've ever had to do is to go to my wife and go to my church and go to my people and tell them this is my issue. This is what I've done. This is how broken and bad it's been. These are the lies I've been believing. And because of that, I did this. Because of that, I made this dumb decision. Because of this area in my life, this is my reality. I've sown these seeds and I'm reaping this harvest. And i got to tell you, so that I can repent, I can move forward, and I can start laying fresh seeds in this new till of ground. Some of us, we got to rip up old fields so that we can have a fresh harvest. Come on, somebody. That's a word for somebody today. we got to rip up old fields so that we can reap a fresh harvest. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'll call you guys up in just a second. There's a reason that Paul says don't grow weary because it's going to be hard. And the thing is, when you tell on yourself, it's almost more difficult. When you repent for yourself, it's almost more difficult than somebody else having to do it for you. Somebody else blowing up your spot. When you have to go to your wife, you have to go to your significant other, we have to go to your business, we have to go to whoever it is that you've been sowing old seeds from, fallen seeds to, wild oats, some of us. When you have to go to those old late night booty calls and say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower and I never should have done that. 
with you and to you. I should have never put you in that position. I am sorry, and I want to repent to you, and I want to tell you that I did not act on what God says is best for not only my life, but what God says is best for your life, and I'm incredibly sorry. These things, church, they suck. I don't disagree with that. And they're going to get hard, and they're going to get hot. And it's going to feel like all you are doing is digging up old failures and reliving old failures and reminding yourself of old behaviors and beating yourself up for old times, and that's not the point. When you dig up old failures, it's so that you can sow future victories. When you dig up old failures, it's so that you can sow future victories. I know it's hard. I make no bones about it. I'm very sorry that it is. But what Paul says is that if you do not give up, if you don't grow weary, don't, don't allow yourself to get tired of repentance. Don't allow yourself to get tired of asking for forgiveness. This is the posture of a Christian. We should always be found in a stance of, of repentance. We should always be found in a posture of forgiveness. We should always be found in a place of, you know what? I'll be the first one to admit it. If you check me, I'm going to check myself, and I'm sorry. Friends, I came to church to declare to you today that the harvest is still ahead of you. But if you do not check yourself, you will wreck yourself. Man, this is a lot. I know. Being a pastor isn't always glorious. It's not always fun. It's not always this amazing thing that we see on Instagram. Sometimes as a pastor, I have to go to my church. I have to go to my people that I've been called to lead, that I've been called to sow into, because I want to see a good harvest in your life. Sometimes I have to have a message like this that appears and is me shaking the chains off of you. I don't want to see you chained up. I don't want to see you tangled in deadly thorn vines in your harvest in the future because of old seeds that you've sown. I want to see you live life and life to the full, to have freedom and abundance. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's your harvest. That's what I want for you. That's what Takeover Church is about. We said we came to see Jesus take over people's lives, not chains, not addictions, not sex. Not brokenness, not dishonesty, nothing. We came to see Jesus take over people's lives. So I want to encourage you. If you don't grow weary, you can reap the harvest. When you're digging up old failures, when you're doing details, it's so that you can reap future victories. It's so that you can sow honesty right now. You can repent for your dishonesty then, and you can sow transparency now. Friends, I've had to do it in my own life. And I'm encouraging you with this today because I can tell you the life that I live now, the harvest that I see now, what Adrian and I's lives look like now. I'm seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. The fruit of God in this orchard tree, the fruit of God in this season, fruit of God in this harvest, it pales in comparison to the plight that's on my plate. It pales in the comparison to what mistakes I've made. It pales in the comparison to the security I think I can get away with by lying. What I have now far exceeds all of that. And I believe it can for you too. There's nothing more secure in this life than doing what God has called you to do, being who God has called you to be, 
living from the truth of which he's equipped you to live from, he's gave you, he's given you. Because that harvest, the harvest is secure. That harvest, that harvest is still ahead. And that harvest, it's got the fruit that you want to taste. That harvest, it's got the fruit that those around you need to taste and see if the Lord is good. That harvest, still available to you today. Worship team, you can make your way back up here. Just a moment, we're going we're gonna to lift up another song. We're going to go into this prayer. And we're going to end today's service. But I hope what we started today, we can end this service right now, but I hope what we started today was you living out a life of revelation. Revelation that God is far more for you than he is against you. There is more love in God for you than there is hate in God for your sin because of what he did with Jesus on the cross. And it's because of that. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross that you and I, we can now live a life of truth and from truth. And we can sow truth. Actual truth. Truth isn't a matter of opinion like the media would lead you to believe. Truth isn't a matter of perspective like culture would lead you to believe. Truth is either true or it's not. Truth is truth. And the truth of the gospel of Jesus is that you and I, we don't have to live this life sowing old seeds and bad habits. We don't have to exist from that place. We don't have to reap a harvest of our failures and our mishaps and our miscommunications and our best intentions. If we don't, Instead, we can check ourselves today. We can repent to who we need to repent to. We can extend forgiveness where we need to extend it. And then we can live and we can exist in a fresh harvest. A harvest like you've never seen. We sing it all the time. I'm getting ready for something I've never seen. How you get ready for something you've never seen? It's by ripping up old fields and old failures and old hurts and old struggles. It's sowing future victories. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I know it's silly at home, but just go with me on this one. You don't always know where your spouse is at or where your kids are at. And your spouse doesn't always know where you're at. So often we need to we need to have this moment. I just want to pray over you. You want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. You want to reap the benefits of what He sowed. You want to live from His harvest. You don't want to be prone to old behaviors, but you can be transformed in your soul from the inside out. If that's the existence that you want to live in now. It would be my honor and be my privilege to pray with you right now. And today also, if you want to move forward, you want to move forward from the old and into the new. Stop going your way and start going his way in every area. If you want to start ripping up those seeds, I want to pray with you right now as well. We're going to sow some things today that are going to echo in eternity. You better believe it. So let's do it. If we're going to do it, let's do it right here, right now. They don't have to be.
leave your kitchen table. They don't have to leave your living room. You can rip those seeds up and they can go right back to hell where they came from. They go right back to whoever did things to you. They go right back to where they came from. You can live in victory today. So let's start. Father God, I just thank you so much for these individuals at home. These individuals in this room. These individuals who are watching today, God, a baby. Maybe they, uh, maybe they weren't a part of Takeover Church before. But God, we're so grateful that we have a God that, that has given us Jesus on the cross as a truth barometer in our life so we can truly check ourselves. We don't have to live in a perpetual place of continually wrecking ourselves, but we can check ourselves in Christ. We can look at Christ and we can line up our lives, line up our words, line up our, our failures, line up our victories. We can line up what we are from the inside out, God, with who you are. And we can start again and we can sow fresh seeds again. We can move forward today. It's not too late. The harvest is still ahead. I just declare over every home, over every child, over every marriage, over every single person, over every person who's addicted, every person who's feeling overwhelmed, every person who's been furloughed, every person who's struggling right now, and every person who's living on a mountaintop right now, wherever we find ourselves today, we just declare the harvest is still ahead, and we consecrate today, and from this moment forward, we're going to sow the seeds that you made available to us on the cross of Jesus. And because of those seeds, we are going to live from the victory that you purchased for us with the cross of Jesus. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Be with us in this next song. God, as we pray and as we sing right where we are, God, make this our sound. Worship team, you can take it away. In Jesus' name, come on, let's begin to sing.
Jesus. Give me Jesus.